0: Your love With your smile so warm And your cheeks so soft There is nothing for me But to love And the way you With each word your tenderness grows Tearing my fears apart And that laugh that wrinkles your nose it touches my foolish heart Lovely Never ever change Keep that breathless charm Won't you please arrange it Cause I love you just the way you look tonight This road, my fears that, that your nose, a-
1: Welcome back to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, AKA. Guy live B2B jam session. Hope you had your morning tea today after that crazy, crazy day that we had as far as election day yesterday. You know, no matter who you voted for, I hope you voted and I hope you're having a phenomenal day so far. And more importantly, that you've gotten your cup of big black tea in your cup. And right now, you're sipping. You know, super excited today because one, I see today is one of probably the most happiest days of my life. And that's because I actually have an amazing guest on the show. I'm super excited. To dive deep on and talk to him a little bit about the future of work, his experiences building one of the most amazing companies in this space, and then more importantly, his thoughts on where the future is going, what he's seen on the ground now in his role as the CEO, founder, and chairman of, you guys ready for this? Of, of, of I hope you're excited for this, Alliance Virtual Offices. And if you haven't heard of them, you're sleeping under a rock because they have been around and building for the last 13 years now. And you know, that's just one of the things that this amazing, amazing man has going on. So today I'm talking with, and you got to check him out. He's on LinkedIn, he's on Twitter. I'm talking with the founder and CEO of the Alliance Group of Companies, not one company of companies, an experienced speaker. He should be called Mr. Future of Work, Street to Deep, strategist, entrepreneur, advisor, business leader, and investor, Mr. Frank Cottle. And we're really going to be diving deep. You know, I've had Conversations with Frank before on his thoughts and his insight on what he sees going on, how organizations can adapt. But most importantly, what does this mean for the human spirit and how we should adapt in terms of new models forming around work? You know, since 1979, Frank has been in this space, really building a really amazing future and vision. And you see that with a lot of the work that he's done with the Alliance Group. So we're going to dive deep on his founder story, what inspired him to start the company, but also more importantly, Where does he see the future of work going, and what can organizational leaders really kind of latch onto right now to make sure they're not building an organization based on yesterday's models, and they're building an organization for today's model? With that said, let's go ahead and bring on Frank onto the show. Hey,
2: Frank. Hey, Tim. How are you doing today? Oh, man. I'm just grateful to be alive, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's something we're all grateful for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me show
1: love to our amazing audience right now that's tuning in. Shout out to Mr. Lawrence and shout out to my homie Tyler Durden who's saying good afternoon to him. Tyler, good afternoon to you, man. Hopefully you voted and hopefully you're taking care of yourself, man. So happy to see you on the show today. Shout out to Lawrence, my great homie Lawrence, who's my Facebook friend. Lawrence, thank you so much for tuning in joining us today. Frank, man, it's such an honor to have you on the show. First of all, thank you for wanting to be on the show. It's, it's, I literally, when, when I, I heard that you wanted to be on the show, I was so grateful and so excited because you're one of the leaders in this space. But I want you to kind of dissect a little bit how long you've been in this space, because you've been in this space for quite some time, since 1979 now.
2: What inspired the Alliance Group? Uh, well, I think uh, we have been in the flexible workspace sector since 1979. We actually started as a property company back then. Wow uh, building, uh, uh, purpose-built buildings, uh, to host and house what were then called executive suites. Uh, we built those buildings all across the Southwestern United States between 80 and 90, and then we sold that portfolio. And that's really where we learned to, to think and consider. We started that enterprise with a very strong technology bent, even though we were a property company and we put together joint ventures with Bell Labs, uh, creating the first, uh, Transmission of voice and data simultaneously over four-pair twisted cable using touchscreen uh, equipment. Uh, back in the 80, early 80s, um, we uh, pioneered the IS installation, commercial installations of ISDN with GTE at the same time. So we we've always led with technology, mm. and today the alliance group of companies. We no longer operate facilities anymore. We are a pure software as a service technology-based company. That delivers our services uh, through a variety of platforms around the world. Yeah, yeah. So you guys switched from
1: kind of on premise, just physical based solutions to kind of going to where the cloud is going, right? And then adapting your business
2: towards building. Well, we, we did. Between 90 and 2000, myself and uh, two other partners uh, built a, a large operating company. We didn't build the buildings and because I'd already done that. Um, we just built a, what was then the largest uh, privately held uh, business center operating company in the world. Wow. Um, and we sold that out uh, right at the height of the dot-com boom. So a good time to sell things. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I come from an old farming and ranching family. So as, as they say, it's better to be lucky than smart.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Smart, smart doesn't make it rain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, um, We sold it. And the reason I wanted to sell is I was looking at, Technology. I was looking at things and had, had invested in bought a couple of tech companies back then. Uh, one of which I sold to Microsoft, and one of which I ended up selling to the Lufthansa group. Um, but the 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 interest, in my point of view, was to expand service capacity and to basically own the customer instead of owning the centers. Mm. And. Other models like that were emerging. Uh, I think a a good example of that on a large scale in the travel industry would be Expedia.
0: Um,
2: Expedia doesn't own any hotels. They don't own any airplanes, but they own the customer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we have built a real estate structure based around owning the customer. And then we uh, have uh, joint venture and wholesale agreements with facility operators uh, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, we operate right now in 54 countries. So, you know, we, we, we kind of get out and about um, in, in our business and it's it's a lot of fun. It really is because we can react faster. Mm. If you're facility-based, it's hard to react quickly. Everything is mm. uh, 10-year leases and 30-year mortgages and things of that nature. Um, it takes a year just to build the facility, uh, generally. Um, yeah. And when we see a, a change, And this comes to all the discussion around agile companies uh we can make a change in 30 to 90 days we can change the whole direction of the company that fast if we need to and uh, our current pandemic is a good example of that um we took our entire company in uh, mid-february before announcements were here in the us we took the entire company remote and virtual and we did it all in 48 hours wow and we had call centers in Europe, uh, call centers in the UK, here in the US, uh, but we had pre-built the technology to go virtual because we knew at some point, for some reason, we would need to do so hmm. uh, or want to do so. E- economic reasons, a recession, uh, we never expected the pandemic uh, <laughs> to have the reaction that we've, we've seen pandemics before, but we we didn't see, we never saw this sort of governmental uh, hmm global reaction um, uh, before so you know we were just prepared Uh, and I think that's part of the future of work is that technology allows you to pre-think scenarios and to be able to react more quickly Mm. uh, to service your customers and to make sure that your teams are safe and that uh, your company stays productive.
1: Yeah, that's powerful, Frank. Let me ask you, because, you know, there's a few things I want to dissect with that. I think you're you're exactly the man to talk to about this, especially for our viewers who are watching. Much love to Mr. Ahmed Hussein. Hi, Tim and Frank. Thank you so much, Mr. Ahmed, for joining us today in this powerful conversation with Mr. Frank Cottle. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is the fact that you all were able to be agile enough to transition and adapt. During this pandemic, you know, let me ask you what What's your framework on how organizations should think about transition planning, and 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 times like this? How do you How do you go about doing that with you and your organization?
2: Well, I'll, I'll paraphrase uh, uh, Yoda from uh, Star Wars: "Don't plan." <laughs> yeah, uh, and and it's really interesting. Uh, and let's take remote work as a as an example of that. We advise and, 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 and consult with a lot of very large companies on a global basis, and in the from about 19, uh, 2018 and, and all through 2019, every major company in the world was putting together a remote work plan. Mm. And it wasn't because of the pandemic; it's because they had determined their human resources departments determined that they couldn't they couldn't attract talent to their company unless they had one. They couldn't hire the right people, uh, the right engineers for technology companies, uh, etc. Unless you had a good remote work plan that allowed people to work on, on in the office, out of the office, from home, near the home, etc. So they all were putting together these magic, magic plans. And they took years of these together, and then pandemic came, and instead of stepping over the threshold to these plans, they got kicked in the rear, mm-hmm. jumped over the threshold. And then 30 days later they said, Oh, this works. Yeah. My goodness. We didn't, we didn't really do the plan. We just sent everybody home and it works. Mm. And you can just imagine the CFO walking around any fortune 1000 company today, um, especially in the UK, which is going through another serious lockdown, total lockdown. Yeah. Um, looking at the office space, the empty office space, sort of a hollow sound as they walk across the the floor looking around and saying, there's nobody here, Yeah, but the company's doing just fine. Mm. We don't need all this stuff. And so I think one of the outcomes of this pandemic that will reflect in the future of work, we're going to see a lot of adjustment in fixed asset holdings for large companies. Mm. And that means we're going to see a lot of repurposing of real estate um uh because location 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 now means being on a bike path instead of a metro path (laughs) Uh, uh, it it really does we've seen a huge migration from central business district markets to secondary and tertiary markets Um, huge migration uh, of companies of individuals within companies and the the issue is and uh take london as a good example the london transport department is only operating at 15% efficiency right now, so 15%. That's the maximum they can operate and have social distancing. Yeah. Okay. So the issue isn't for people, oh, I don't want to be, I, I, I'm not afraid of being in a nice clean office with my peers and properly distanced and taking care of, of things right now. It's, I just don't want to get on that stinky, dirty train to get there.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So the central business district cities, Manhattan a good example. London's a good example where people commute into the city to work and then back to home. That's going to stop. That's going to mm-hmm. be a stop, but that's going to be a huge re- change in the way we work. Mm-hmm. People will live in the city and work in the city or live in the suburbs and work in the suburbs, be connected to the city. Um, and we're seeing all sorts of things like that happening all over the world.
1: Um, Wow. In this in this element, you know, I love that you're you're talking about this because this kind of touches on how the future of work really overlaps with the future of living fundamentally. And one of the things that you shared with me is that you're already seeing kind of even within your organizations, you know, new routines being formed by your people and they they're embracing kind of this new mode of mode of work. Can you share a little bit more about, you know, what you're seeing um, uh, within uh, the Alliance group of companies?
2: Well, we, we uh, in uh, late June or July, uh, we had an outside company come in and do a, a survey and a study uh, of our own employees, yeah. uh, satisfaction with work, efficiencies, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, it was very comprehensively done. And we found that uh, 83% of everyone in our organization globally mm-hmm. um, felt that they had been more productive and had had a better work-life balance as a result of our remote work structure uh, mm. uh, overall. And when we look at our numbers, the productivity and the numbers on our company, um, we see the corresponding benefits. Um, mm. We've seen uh, nice rises, consistent rises in productivity all across the board, everything from sales and marketing and service. Uh, everything is just running better. And today, probably Half of our people are back in the office by choice. We have Mm. a a, a policy that says it's up to you. Uh, uh, And uh, just because we have the tech and and we're we're set up for it, so it's very easy for us, much so so than for many others. Um, uh, And what I think this is going to end up with, and let's go back to the central city, of the future of work affecting the future of cities and the future Mm. of the future of, of, of life in general, but cities in particular, the cities that are fed by um, a large uh, contingent of people coming in and out of the city to work, mm. as that diminishes as a result of technology, uh, virtual reality officing, uh, which we can discuss in a minute if you like, and a variety of other things, um, the property, the, the, the buildings in those cities will have to be repurposed. Mm. Uh, and when I look across the board, this, I was speaking with the, the head of global strategy for Google, for Google the other day. And um, he was saying that uh, on all of their upcoming leases, they're renewing about between 50 and 60% of the space. Wow. That's all. So take a simple scenario. Let's assume everybody in New York works from home one day a week. Yeah. Real simple scenario. That's a 20% vacancy factor of office space, two days a week. That's a 40% vacancy factor in office space. You just don't need it. Okay. So as these changes are made, space will get repurposed and those buildings that are now large office buildings will become more mixed use buildings, Um, uh, retail shopping on the first floor to office space on the next 10 or 20 or 30 floors and then residential on top. that model has been around since the uh, live work model has been around since probably the time of the Romans and the Greeks where the, yeah. you, you you had your 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 store down on the bottom or your service down on the bottom and you lived above the store. That, yeah. We've seen that for thousands of years as a model. Well, we're going to go back to that and that will reduce the cost of living within the cities and reduce the need for transit, which helps all of our pollution and things of that nature. Um, so the people that work in the city will be more people that live in the city and that will generate a whole different level of energy because you, you've heard about you know c- cities who roll up their sidewalks at, when everybody goes home. Dallas yeah. was like that for years. Was yeah. Downtown Dallas it was a ghost town at six o'clock. <laughs> That's true. There was, I there there was, there was nobody there I and mean, everybody went home, right? Yeah. Um, And that happens in large cities like Manhattan. But if you repurposed 20% of the real estate, let's say, into residential, Mm -hmm. uh, that would be a huge impact on a 24-hour city as opposed to a 12-hour city. And that brings a different dynamic together entirely. So many of these things are that we'll see as a result of Change technology, mm. so we got kicked into making those changes instead of doing them slowly, we'll be doing them more quickly. So, the pandemic will be an accelerant to all of these changes. Mm, mm,
0: mm.
1: You know, it's so funny because I, right by where I live in Oakland, there's a live work space literally right down the corner. And mm-hmm. it's funny because you're seeing these new models arise literally right in front of your eyes. You know, I want to ask you, Frank, you know, what are you kind of excited about? When in terms of the, the transitions that we're seeing, things that you know cities and governments is seeing, because you're looking at this from a global viewpoint, and you're um, giving your role at uh, at Alliance, what are you really excited about?
2: Um, I'm, I'm excited about holographic technology uh, hmm. and the different types of meeting room structures that will arise as a result of it. Uh, I'm very excited about the virtual reality officeing um, uh, from a practical point of view. Um, in three, five years, three years, five years for sure, probably three years, so we're going to see more virtual reality officing. So mm. instead of, uh, let's go back to that scenario, let's let's pick on Manhattan again. Um, in Manhattan, if I want to have a beautiful office overlooking Central Park uh, yeah. on a nice corner of a building, a great view, that's a really expensive, yeah. really expensive. And that if in order to justify my own office there, I have to justify my whole company being there. Yeah. So that's even more expensive. Uh, I can put on a headset right now or some smart glasses and I can basically visualize any office in any place in the world that I want.
1: Yeah,
2: I can have all my files. I can have all the tools I would have in the office. So um, uh, uh, the the concept of location, as I said, is, is changing. Mm. Location will be... The software that you buy, that you slip on in your queue, if mm. you will, um, that will give you the all the amenities, all the benefits, as if you had a large private office, mm. um, and you'll be isolated in it. But people will be able to come and go from it uh, as well on a not 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 uh, uh, on a physical basis, but mm. on an image basis. And we're we're starting to see that and. Some of the big drivers aren't necessarily who you would expect. Um, and I'll ask, uh, who, who has the biggest community, the biggest community of followers in the world?
1: Uh, in terms of companies or people? Anybody. Um, I would say, what about
2: Gary Vee? <laughs> Fortnite. Fortnite, video, wow. Video gaming, people. at any moment in time on yeah. some of the large games, there's six to 8 million people at one time playing wow. this game. But wow. guess what? They're, they're getting older. Gen Z, the gaming generation, if you will, is growing up. And so if I'm a gaming company and I know that my typical client was on my game for two hours or three hours a day, um, but now has finished college and getting a job, and they're only on one hour a day. Yeah. i need to get that market share back
0: mm.
2: so who are the best people at rendering images as real life images the gaming companies who do you think is exploring building virtual reality offices right now in the same mode that they built gaming so that they can recapture the hours of eyeball use from the aging gen z population
1: minecraft gaming companies
2: so you're seeing kind
1: of like immersive virtual reality based spaces in these cities as a way or even in in, in the areas where colleges are as a way to engage um that demographic
2: still as they exactly are. exactly and a co-working center in the future or a business center or even an office building in the future mm. will have a, a software component they sell along with their facility component mm. uh, and your ability then again to compress people um, uh, because they aren't aware of physical space anymore. They're only aware of their virtual reality space um, allows higher density, which also means that you have more space for repurposing. Wow. So a whole variety of things. This is the whole way to, to re-energize neighborhood, to get in Manhattan. I can give somebody the same quality of an office in Brooklyn uh, or the Bronx as I can give them facing Central Park. Wow. Okay, so... Repurposing areas that wouldn't be necessarily as desirable, and rebuilding the density in those areas also will come as a result of this technology. And cities will be delivering bandwidth like they deliver water and air and everything else. Bandwidth is becoming a, a, a virtual right. It's, yeah,
1: it is. Five G tech. Uh,
2: without bandwidth, we cannot breathe. We cannot function. That's
0: true.
2: Uh, so. Uh, we're going to see a lot of shifting around that. We've already seen shifting around that with cities having their own bandwidth programs and things of that nature. It's very true. I want to ask,
1: I want to ask you, Frank, um, because I, I think the for the people who are listening to tuning right now, I mean, you dropped so many gems with us and you've shared so many gems with us. You know, what would be your powerful takeaway for that leader right now who's who's thinking about, you know, how do I level up? How do I go about kind of leading a remote workforce in today's day and age? Especially given everything
2: that's going on, not only in business, but also socio-politically as well. Well, you know, it, it's funny. I think if you're gonna build a company, you need to start with two or three core philosophies of, mm-hmm. that you're gonna build around and upon. And you might pivot your products, you might pivot um, uh, you know, di- different elements of what you do, uh, your technologies. But you shouldn't ever pivot your philosophies mm. so if you're going to build a re- remote workforce you have to have a philosophy of management and a philosophy of long term that would give your company guidance and in all of their decision making mm. uh, for, for our company um so we we have two two primary pieces of philosophy one says members first so uh, we refer to our our clients as members and, and so we don't make a decision without challenging ourselves on any decision we make is this what's best for the member is this what's best for the member if it is then we proceed to go down that path if we say well it's really good for us but ah the members oh they'll never know that they won't care no if it's not best for the member we don't don't want to do it And hmm. the other thing and this goes with the remote work philosophy is build a company around an internal philosophy as well. And ours is family first. Hmm. So if, if a, a person uh, has a challenge, a personal challenge or, or needs something, or just needs some time off, or maybe they're new kids, whatever, it's our obligation to make sure that they are capable of dealing with their family issues first. The business will survive if somebody takes some time off, The business will survive if, if, if we give people what they need. I don't mm. worry about that if we don't though it won't survive mm. so that's part of our remote work philosophy and always has been is to make sure that our work structure fits the family structure and a good example is is our own uh, executive team it's a global team we've never asked a single executive to ever move to a corporate headquarters location yeah <laughs> that's amazing Okay. And, and, and our, our thing is, well, why would I want to take a, I'll take our our head of marketing globally. He's based in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm. That's where he lives. He likes farms and horse ranches. That's where his kids are. That's where, that's where his life is. If I had to transport him to Newport beach in California, he'd have to live in a condo. Mm. He would be very unhappy. It would be very costly for me. I'd have to, you know, pay him a lot more to be unhappy.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Which is>
2: crazy <laughs> it'd still, it'd still be unhappy. So again, as companies start thinking about remote work programs and you know uh, all of these things, if they think about the, the, the employee or the family of the employee first, mm. then they can end up building the technology is easy. It's the philosophies and sticking to the philosophies that talk.
1: Yeah, you know, Frank, I love that because one of my personal philosophies, and you know, we've adapted here, Guide as we kind of grow and sustain our venture, is that you know I love that family first philosophy, but also really thinking from a community standpoint of like how do people want to live? You know, I mean, psychology and, and sciences and, and, and behavioral sciences, it's all well, studies have shown that people live better where they want to live, with family, where they have, a where they feel nested, they thrive more, and you know, this whole notion of being member first is something that I believe in and I agree with, and it's really great to see leaders such as yourself really adapted within their their organizations. Frank, it's been a pleasure having you on, Matt. If you are tuning in right now and listening right now to Frank Cottle and I, please definitely check out what the Alliance Group of Companies are doing. Frank, where can the amazing people who are part of our guy community continue following you and Alliance's movement?
2: Well, I'll give you two websites. Um, First would be, uh, for our business, uh, would be alliancevirtualoffices.com. Alliance um, uh, um, Secondly, if you just want to focus on future of work and you just want to understand flexibility in the workplace, remote work, everything to do with the future of work and, and flexibility in the workplace, uh, log into allwork.space. Mm. Allwork.space. <coughs> Excuse me. That um, is an industry-wide or a global publication. Excuse me. you warned me about the water. <laughs> you got
1: to have that
2: water. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, where you can uh, learn everything that's needed about the industry. Awesome. Thank you so
1: much, Frank. Appreciate you, man. And please continue being great and leading an amazing movement. And hopefully, we can have you back on the show. Look forward to it. Take awesome. care, Tim. Thanks, Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Frank Cotto for joining us today on today's episode of Guy Live B2B Jam Session. Please make sure to check out the links that I've dropped in the panel, allwork.space, as well as alliancevirtualoffices.com. You know, there's very few leaders who are in the future of workspace or who are technology and business leaders who really know this space better than Frank. He's been in it for years. So he's a world of wisdom to learn from. If you're building a remote company or if you're trying to think about how do you transition given where the world currently is and where the world is going. With that said, hopefully you've gotten your tea. BigBlackTea.com. We are selling out every single day and we continue to just grow and scale every single day as well. And shout out to our guide community. In fact, I actually had one of our amazing guide community members reach out to me and show me a picture of a tea set of teacups that she's actually bought just because she's excited for her pre-orders of Big Black Tea. So I always love seeing amazing news and getting amazing messages such as that. So feel free to hit me up in my DMs, whether it be on Twitter or LinkedIn, anytime, anytime. And let me know, are you excited about Big Black Tea? But more importantly, are you excited about the movement that we're leading with Guy? If you're interested in being an early adopter or a creator, we continue to grow our base of creators. We actually have creators who are a part of our community right now that we just enlisted. And we're looking for more amazing, amazing creators. Please check out guideapp.co. Literally, it's up here, right here, guideapp.co, right here. Check it out. Be a part of our early beta. Be a part of our movement with us. And if anything, most importantly, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their boss about the guide team and the guide movement. All right, y'all. If you are in the building in Oakland, much love. Hope you're taking care of yourself. Hopefully you made time to go vote yesterday and do your thing because voting is important. It's key, it's critical. Exercise your your rights and your optionality. And by the way, make sure you're taking care of your holistic health as well. In fact, I recently got a me-band because I've been so mindful of one, how often I'm walking and making sure that holistically I'm 100%. All right, y'all, thanks so much for tuning in. I am going to cap you all out to a really good one, but I think someone, mostly everyone should know if you love jazz or if you love music in general, Mr. Michael Buble, feeling good.
0: Good. Dragonfly out in the sun, you know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean. Sleep in peace when day is done, that's what I mean. And this whole world is a new world, and a full world and I me. Mean. It' so I think so good ah, we out together, dance the cheek to cheek. Yes, heaven, I'm in heaven.